I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe. I'm your host today, Reese Williamson, and joining me is James Hunt. No, Joe, again, this app. James, where the bloody hell is he? <laughs> well, officially, his children have chicken pox, which is making things difficult. Unofficially, he just came back from a five-day stag weekend, <laughs> at the end of which he declared that he was going to become teetotal or else. <laughs> so we can we can only imagine why he's not up for recording. <laughs> Uh, that is a, if the former is is accurate as well. That's a real fucker though. For like you know, that's a sure, real yeah, yeah. Up to a to a full on stag. It's oh and you yeah. <laughs> have the chicken pox. Oh great, amazing. That's excellent news. I it, love that so much. It's a one two punch for sure. Oh, right. Um, so we are doing uh, our March news episode. That's what you're listening to right now, dear dearest listeners. Um, but we thought, and there's you know, there's a good, there's a good chunk of news. A lot of it happened. Um, in the last in the last week or so, so I'm gonna, we're going to cover that stuff, the big stuff, and uh, some of it's you know some of it's fairly um, uh, fairly sobering. So uh, we'll we'll we'll, no, we'll <laughs> yeah we'll try our best to make light of these <laughs> Jesus upsetting allegations. Uh, but there's some fun stuff that's there's some fun quirkier stuff that happened earlier in the month. We'll try and get to all of the interesting stuff. But I thought at the top of the show we could you know because uh, you know for main feed for main feed for the main feed we've. We've we've put out a Patreon episode on a new movie release since the last news episode, and me and you have both seen the, another new movie release. So I thought we would start with um, some brief thoughts on Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, which we we put out a Patreon episode on uh, a few weeks ago. We uh, did. So listen, you know, subscribe to that, listen to that if you haven't already, and if you're interested. And then we should talk a little bit about Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Uh, it's in it, that you know. Both these movies pop up in news as well, for sure. But uh, we haven't recorded that episode yet. But we may as well talk about what we thought of them. So let's—I tell you what—let's start with Shazam because I do not know your thoughts on Shazam. Uh, okay, you don't know mine. Um, so yeah, what did you think? Uh, what did you think of Shazam: Fury of the Gods? <laughs> I thought it was quite good. I had a good time. Um, objectively a worse and less well-defined movie than the first Shazam. But also I think they really looked at that one and said, what, what actually succeeded in this one? And they went, okay, Zachary Le- uh, Levi, Levy. Mm-hmm. Levi. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One of those. Um, he's great. Uh, the kid who plays Freddy, he's great. So let's just make the entire movie. Those two. Um, you know, the, I thought again, 
pretty upbeat tone, uh, decent comedy, fun action sequences. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Especially after the kind of slog of the last few Marvel movies, I was like, oh, maybe I do still like this stuff, actually. So um, I'll answer the Shazam question via Ant-Man, which is that uh, the Ant-Man episode, uh, and Patreon listeners will know this, it started with a sort of unplanned, at least I was <laughs> Existential crisis, yeah. Yeah, Joe sort of pitched pitched on us and and the listeners with, yeah, a proper existential crisis of superhero films. And, you know, are we, you know, is he done with this? Are we done with this? Should this show continue? Big, uh, big old, big old chunk. Uh, Because, you know, you know, spoilers, we all, we all deeply disliked Ant-Man, Quantumania, and we spent uh, two hours sort of coming at that from different angles. And I think at the end of that episode, we slash I, you know, sort of l- l- looked optimistic to the future, um, you know, to the next six months of releases and, and wondered whether, you know, could 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 these following movies re- re- regenerate our interest in this genre? Um, and Shazam, Fear of the Gods, I am excited to say, did not uh, did not do that at all for me. <laughs> I thought it was maybe 5% better than Ant-Man for me. Um, I thought it was. Uh, that's. I think that's. I thought it was awful. <laughs> I thought it was was really so so poor. And and we'll get to it in news, right? But the kind of strange apology tour that Zachary Le- Levi's, um, uh, you know, been doing, and Rachel Zegler and Sandberg, and uh, yeah, I find it. It's just so. I just find it so odd. You know, the sort of. I I, I yeah. I saw the movie that that they are saying they don't accept exists. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, I mean, I, really, my, I thought it was really poor. I thought it was really, really poor. Um, I mean, my, my thing was a, it was funny, which Ant-Man wasn't. And B, it had the kind of goofy tone of black Adam, which I also enjoyed. Like, yeah, I, 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 like I fully acknowledge that it's in no way like a coherent or, uh, you know, well-constructed movie, but it was, I has I I hate the term popcorn entertainment normally, but I think this was popcorn entertainment. Yeah, so I you know I don't think there's much point in in delving too much. Um, we will record a Shazam's episode soon. That's the plan. Um, I I'm afraid to say, J- James. I think Joe's going to hate this. <laughs> I, really... I think he will as well because it doesn't have the things Joe likes. You know, like a good script, good acting. Good... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Um, it doesn't. It doesn't have strong thematics, which is what he loves. But maybe and I think what he what he liked about the first one, which doesn't doesn't even slightly come across in this one, they really jettison that whole like. And the the fundamental issue, and I, you know, I don't think I'm not. This wasn't my original thought in the movie. I'd I'd read this before, but the fundamental problem is that the, the character of Shazam. The idea is it's a little boy turns to a superhero. That is the concept. Sure. And, by the time they came to make this, uh, I think the actor's name is Asher Angel, who plays um, yes, plays yeah. Billy Batson. He's I don't know, he's twenty, he's nineteen twenty, and so you've just you've taken the thing, you've taken the thing, and you've lost it. Uh, and the movie, it just doesn't, it absolutely does not find anything to replace that. And then you also have the problem of, at the, you know, the actor, the Billy Bat- Asher Angel, who who is whatever eighteen and f- trying to play someone in his late twenties when he's on screen, and then when he turns to Shazam. You have Zachary Levi in his forties pretending to be this goofy teenager. It's like they, it's like they weren't ever in the same. You know, it's like they weren't directed by the same, the same director um, in terms of what the movie was trying. It is very much like the two characters are not the same person, and I it's think 
I'm like, I think that's why. That's why. Yeah, I think that's why Asher Angel is barely in the movie. You know. Yeah, I do. Such little screen time. I mean, I really like Freddie. I really liked uh, Jack Dylan Grazer. I think he, I just thought he yeah, yeah, yeah. he's had something mag- magnetic. He was the he was the thing that I think without him, I would have liked this as little as Ant Man. Uh, I think yeah, that's probably fair. But let's okay. But you know, we shan't dwell on Shazam too much. Let's. But we should maybe expand a bit on Ant Man because for those who didn't listen to us talk for two hours on Patreon, try and try and explain to listeners, you know, what why we had a existential level. <laughs> It on, was, on movie. I think it was because we watched sort of two hours of a movie where the plot didn't matter to anyone. Uh, the characters barely seemed to be in the same room together, if indeed they were even in a room, because it was all entirely CGI sets. Everything looked awful. No one seemed invested in it. They jettisoned the things that actually work about Ant-Man and replaced them with much worse things. And to cap it all off, the ending was a real sort of bum note, so it wasn't even wasn't even capable of getting me excited for the next thing. I think the the line we went with, we went with was Ant Man three is the movie that people accused previous Marvel movies of being. And what do, we were a little bit more mixed, I think, on what is inarguably the the, the sort of bright spot that came, that came out of Quantumania, if you can call it that. And you know, we'll get on to this ties into our first news story. Of course it does. Mm. Before we get to that, what did you think of, of Kang, you know, and of that performance by Jonathan Majors? I I enjoyed the performance. And I think it was the one thing about the movie that did work, which is good. Oh, you know, was good. Um, Because if you're saying, if you're saying this is the thing we're going to bring back, then at least it's the thing that wasn't Mm. horrendous. Although we did, however, well, yeah, we two more. We did two more things before we get to that. We did think that we did though think that a and this is this is a a little spoiler for Ant Man. uh, If if you haven't seen Ant Man, skip you know ten seconds. That if you take it that at the end this that character dies, that that felt like a real shame because we'd invested in that guy and that dynamic. Yeah. Uh, to the you know the sort of the other variants that we meet at the end just seem like majors doing a few other goofy voices you know mm. like, don't know that why we're supposed to care about them and three it w- did seem a bit silly that, the, that it ended up it, it seemed like he was just another Iron Man like he just sort of had a had a you know his suit was the was the power uh, yeah he he talked a lot about time but nothing nothing he did matched up with with his apparent obsession with time it was just a sort of weird. The performance was good. I think the writing of the character wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was abysmal. Really abysmal. I was sat in the cinema for what felt like fifteen hundred hours. Just <laughs> it's really yeah, really questioning questioning everything. Um, <laughs> and so I think I think let's move on to news now. You know, listeners, if you if you enjoyed our brief chat of that, uh, <laughs> well, you can hear us talk for two hours about a film we hated uh, on the page. <laughs> Patreon.com slash cinematic universe. Um, I think it's interesting though that, you know, those are the two sides of the aisle. That's 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 DC and Marvel. And in some ways, story narratives spinning off both those releases sort of colour the whole month of news in, in one way or the other. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. with the DC you have the wider DC switch around. But you know, as we go into news, you'll see you will see echoes of what we've talked about there. So we should we should start with the, you know, with the with the biggest news of the moment, uh, you know, when it, I think when superhero stuff breaks its way onto the Guardian homepage, as I think this story did yesterday, you know, it's, you know, it's sort of proper, it's, if you will, proper news. Um, and this is the Jonathan Majors um, 
arrest uh, and charge over the weekend. Um, so this news broke. This, this what did today is Tuesday evening. So this news broke on Saturday that he'd been um, he'd been arrested uh, in a you know alleged quote unquote domestic dispute. Uh, today he's been charged by New York City police. Um, so, you know we have to sort of say that this is this is all alleged and we can only really you know we only feel comfortable passing on the the you know what we know what we know from the courts we're not going to get into the, specula- the speculation um but uh police have said that 30 year old woman sustained minor injuries to her head and neck taken to hospital um and then you have different comments from the new york district's attorney and obviously from majors majors's lawyer denying the charges and saying that there's evidence against them um as a defense lawyer probably would right so i don't know i mean you know it's i don't know that it's that useful to you know, to, spe- to to talk too much about what this means. Well, obviously, it, whatever it means for the for for these movies, you know, it's a this is a sort of darker and more human story between these two people, which we shouldn't you know we shouldn't discount. Um, so yeah, and you know, it's sort of it's the timing of it is just so interesting. You know, this has come, at, you know, Ant Man for all of its for all of its awful reviews, and it did get some terrible reviews, and lots of people seem to have really disliked it. It was a big, massive star-making moment for him, you know, and then it was de- and it made a lot of money. Not, not, it, it, you know, it's not made as much money as it probably, as probably people thought. But it's, you know, it's going to make I don't know five hundred million dollars. Uh, it was then dethroned in the US box office by Creed Three, which, you know, I don't know if you've seen this, but I have seen, which I think is a terrific movie, which Jonathan Majors is incredible in. Um, and then a couple of weeks after that, this, and then you had, again, this is even more, you know, spe- speculation here. Say you had a lot of Twitter accounts, you had a lot of sort of t- Twitter rep- reportage over the weekend of, um, of, of, uh, you know, bad reports of majors in the, in the Yale acting community. I think, well, I guess he, I guess he went yeah, yeah, it was former, former college mates of his and people who were in the kind of scene with him. Yeah, uh, speaking in very negative terms about his behavior and reputation from that time. So yeah, I mean nothing, n- you know, no real statement from Marvel yet that I've seen. I don't think you know. Yeah, it would be inappropriate mm-hmm. at this point, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I think as ever, when this sort of news comes out, the primary concern is not what what Marvel going to do for Phase Five now. Like as much as we might joke about that, the the human cost of this is uh, more important. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel can continue without an actor if they need to. But mm-hmm. if if he is guilty, I hope he gets the, um, you know, gets the treatment he deserves. And if he's innocent, I'm sure the courts will determine that as well. Yeah, if I, yeah, I was good. I'll make. I'll, I'll speculate. If I was going to spec, if I was going to speculate, which I'm about to, I think he's probably not. I think he's probably not in any more MCU movies. Yeah, I mean, unless unless there is some kind of full exoneration, which let's face it, doesn't seem very likely. Uh, I don't think. I don't think he would be fit to headline a movie, even as a villain. And I think I wouldn't want to watch him anyway. So, so yeah, we'll see. I'm sure we will we will return to this new story, but nothing much more to say at the moment. Um, I think next story, a happier one. 
although one <laughs> it would be it would be hard to go sadly. Yes. And and I well, although I think it's weirdly tied, you know, because this this next story dropped um dropped yesterday and I I wonder whether it's you know they're trying to this is cynical right but trying to push down in the you know down on the which <laughs> is the major story because this is the story that Liv Tyler uh who you know was a bit definitely had a big movie star period you know although she's, mm-hmm. she's there anymore but that's a name that people know for sure uh who's, records armageddon 100%. incredible hulk yeah. yeah she had a she had a run uh, incredible hulk as you say in 2008 uh it was her sole mcu appearance until now until now she is uh back um and i think this isn't marvel have announced this has this come from thr but she is back in captain america new world order yeah and uh, i'm sure i'm sure it's going to be one one scene of betty ross but, you know, a welcome one, a welcome return. It's always fun to see those old faces. What I think, though, yeah, this sort of suggests to me that all the kind of speculation about Harrison Ford playing Thunderbolt Ross because they're going to do some kind of Red Hulk thing... Is right. It seems, it seems right. I can't think of any other reason you would be pulling in more of that mythos in a movie that, let's face it, doesn't need to have Thunderbolt Ross in it. You know, they could have easily retired the character or replaced him with someone else. The fact that they recast him and brought... As a huge, as a major, with a, with a major... Yeah, with, with a major star, and then brought in, you know, the only other connection he's got in the in the MCU as it stands. That suggests to me that big things are afoot. Yeah, although... I do think it's interesting that you know because this this movie has slowly accumulated kind of a big cast list actually, um, you know sure, because yeah. they kind of they sort of popped in those Hulk characters bit by bit like um, like the leader and Thunderbolt Ross, uh, and then you've also you've kind of got the Captain America, um, you know Falcon the Winter Soldier TV show sort of characters too. So and on all those, and then some new characters too like. What's the Israeli? Is it Sabra? Sabra, yeah. So that's that. That's a new character. Um, yeah, you've got sort of yeah. It's a pretty sort of interesting in a real kind of old school comics way. It's like an interesting mashup of different little corners of the of the comics universe. Um, yeah, yeah. But I just but who's not in this big cast is Mark Ruffalo. You know, there's no mention of him, and I, I think that suggests even more so that that Thunderbolt Ross. Is is a Hulk because you you know why would you bring Liv Tyler you know who people for people you know uh, Ed Norton played 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 Bruce Banner in that movie and Mark Ruffalo is you know ostensibly is the same character right in bringing bringing Liv Tyler in sort of just that just recast so we can recast mm-hmm. um, and and yeah I, I you know I, my guess is that Ruffalo would you know feels now like he he has to be in this at least at least in a cameo in a scene with Tyler right right maybe post credits yeah. Is this coming out before or after Thunderbolts? That's a question. This is coming out before Thunderbolts, I think. Okay. I mean, this is coming out. This is coming out in in May 2024. This is coming out in, in basically a year. Fair enough. Then this I is mean, sort of this is a, only a few MCU movies away. Really, this is this is maybe three three movies away. Could that be right? Yeah. Um, I also think the more they announce, um. You know, the more they announce cast members and the, and the closeness of that release suggests that the lead. You know, well, who, who do you think the villain of this movie is? Right? 
because they of all that cast, you've got lots of names, but it does feel like the villain's going to have to be either um, either the leader or or, um, or Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I sort of wonder that. I guess you could thematically make a case for the military being the villain and, you know, having a version of Captain America who is not, you know, the the sort of military puppet that Steve Rogers was in much of his uh, time in the role. Um, you know, and that's the thing that Marvel has been criticised, is, you know, the, the famous superheroization of the military industrial complex right mm-hmm. so if if you were to use you know uh, thunderbolt ross a general in the army um as a as a supervillain alongside the leader uh, you know you can see the leader turning him into red hulk into a, a new super soldier um i think i think that would make a compelling villain and it'll be an interesting story to tell with that version of Captain America. Hmm. What surprises me about this is that other than that, I can't really see any way to tie tie the character of, of Sam Wilson and Captain America into that whole side of the universe. Like it just seems weird and fantastical for a version of the character who we mostly know from doing the kind of espionage, low level you know, fighting terrorists kind of thing. So it's a big swing to be like, oh yeah, now maybe he's going to fight a Red Hulk and a super intelligent, you know, green guy. Yeah, so it, in a way, the, 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 that story as you've just posited, and, you know, obviously we don't know, but it all that all sounds kind of quite, um, like, comfortably old school in a way. Like, that all, you know, that all just, that that doesn't sound like a... It doesn't like, sound like multiverse nonsense. Yeah, like or like a genre twist on a super movie. That sounds like a superhero and a supervillain played by like a big fun actor, and the, the baddie has powers, and he teams up with another baddie with powers. And they, <laughs> uh, I don't know, just uh, the goody boy who has a who has a buddy who has his own powers. Like I don't know, and there's a love interest, and uh, who I'm going to say Sabra based on nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, just all that's I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's what the MCU could do with actually is a bit of. Or what's the line from which which MCU movie is it? You could do with a bit of old fashioned, right? Isn't that a reference to Steve Rogers? Is that yeah, yeah? Maybe it could do with a bit of old fashioned. <laughs> um, Certainly, it wouldn't be unwelcome to see something that sticks to one universe and uh, doesn't waste too much time with alternate versions of of characters. But who knows? Maybe maybe Harrison Ford Thunderbolt Ross will step through a portal at the start of the movie, yeah. and we'll be disappointed. Having having said all that about sticking to old fashioned stuff, do you think there's what is there any chance any chance that Liv Tyler in this gets to play at some point the weird red like vulture Hulk, the harpy, the harpy right that was in uh, who God whose whose run was that? Uh, Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk. Are you talking about? Which I think is one of the one of the best comic runs I've read in the last ten years. It like, was fantastic. That oh, whole so good, and you know Marvel do like to. You know the MCU do like to kind of pick from recent-ish stuff that's that's good in the comics, and I've you know I've said this many times in the podcast, but I don't know. I wonder whether they you know because you have some of the pieces in that run. You know you have there's that there's the kind of military industrial stuff in that run, isn't there? Fully, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you could kind of you know I don't I, I don't know, but you could you could see something there. Yeah, although I'm not sure if this has crossed your radar, but apparently 
there have been rumors recently that the uh the paramount rights situation which prevents them making a solo hulk movie could be expiring this year and if that were to happen you would look to i think future imperfect and immortal hulk as the two Mm -hmm. big hulk stories that haven't really been looked at interesting so i will be unsurprised if we see a a maestro version Mm -hmm. of the hulk which is the the kind of evil mastermind hulk from the future in secret wars but i think if you're doing a solo hulk movie immortal hulk would be a good choice i mean it would be a very weird though that's a very weird comment well, it would be weird but you know i don't know how you make that into like a <laughs> normal movie i i think you could it's it's hard because of ruffalo right mm. immortal hulk is very horror mm. like body horror mystical weirdness it will be hard to to spin that tone into the MCU, and if you don't, then you sort of lose what makes that comic great. I think I think probably Future Imperfect Maestro Hulk is is more likely than Immortal Hulk, but either, either would be interesting. Um, okay, I've got two more uh, what I'd call big big stories, big mm-hmm. fairly recent stories. Uh, but you decide. Do you want the Marvel one or the DC one? Well, let's do a DC one. Why not? Um, okay, so this is. We've talked about this a bit already, but this is... I just wanted... I thought we could talk a bit more about the Zachary Levi weird Instagram videos from the last week. What, you mean where he's transforming into Jordan Peterson? <laughs> just just somebody, somebody explain this. What is she thinking? Somebody talk to me. I, all I, the only thing I can say is I think actors have weird egos and his has yeah. taken an absolute pounding. Yeah. So this is for for, for context listeners. Um, this, I mean, I think there's there's been a few the few of them over like multiple days, right? Or maybe he recorded one chunk and he's releasing it separately. I don't really know. But uh, Zachary Levi's been yeah in the in the you know the, the this movie has has it bombed? I mean, it's been it's kind of close to bombed. It made um, it made thirty mil on its opening weekend. It had like a sixty five percent drop on week two. Um, yeah, this movie is going to make. Well, it's, it's going to be lucky to make what would that be? I'm just trying to do the maths quickly in my head. Uh, <laughs> to make 200 mil, probably, which for a movie that costs probably around 100, you know, over 100 mil, yeah. good time of 100 mil. That that is that's a real. It's not you know, it's not a catastrophic Heaven's Gate esque bomb, but it's yeah, it's it's pretty close to the B word. Um, and and also, I find that I, I find that funny thing with movies where. It's also it's sort of most, especially with traditional Hollywood movies, you you know the like the opening day, the opening Friday, mm-hmm. you sort of know you you mostly know if it's gonna how much money it's gonna make and how much money it's gonna end up making. I find that it's so it's I just find that funny. Yeah, um, well, that's the thing. It's fate is written from the moment people go into the cinemas yeah. on that first day. Like the narrative is set. Yeah, uh, and so he's been he's been releasing these videos <laughs> about how the the cinema score or the the audience score is high and it's sort of he doesn't you know he doesn't understand it and and how you know the, the rock next uh uh you know next to JSA cameo at the end of this that's a very light spoiler for Shazam and Nick and next a Shazam cameo at the end of Black Adam and then you know went for Superman Superman cameo instead, and then Sandberg's out, sort of saying he's done with superhero superhero movies. And I don't know, it's just you know, and you tie it in with the post Black Adam Rock sort of 
equivalent, you know, and he sort of done, he did the same version of this. Uh, I just find it all, it's all a bit, embar- it's a bit embarrassing. It's a bit, I don't know what he's, what Levi's trying to do from this. And I was, you know, I'm a, I watched all of Chuck. Uh, that was the first thing I'd seen him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he, he probably hasn't had the career post that, that he would have wanted, but, you know, he's a, he's a rich, a successful, handsome, you know, powerful movie star, especially after the first Shazam movie, I think he, his stock definitely went up. And, and this is, and this is, this is probably the, the end of his, you know, big sort of movie star career, if you want to call it that. Um, probably that's, you know, they, these windows don't, don't stay open for very long. Um, I, I think there's probably, there's only limited amount of space for, uh, you know, man children who can do comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I also think, I mean, we will disagree on this, I imagine, but I think he's embarrassing in the movie as well. Um, but I think you maybe his stuff worked for you a bit better. I th- I I know what you mean. I think the performance has uh, it's trying very hard. Oh boy. I, oh boy! I think it works because it's consistent with the previous movie. But I I get what you mean. Yeah, it, it's not it's not like a you know tour de force <laughs> that kept me watching. I and just I thought it was not- it was decent comedy. Did you see Rachel Zegler's t- tweet about this or tweets? Uh, I did not. No, so she's sort of similarly, you know, she, it's like she's def- she's defending the fun she had making the movie, which you know, I'm fine. <laughs> not taking going to take that away from anybody, but but yeah, that 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 raging against the the box office, and I get, I guess probably what it is is that you know I saw the movie didn't like it, you saw the movie liked it more, but you know, but the critics. There is a, you know, with Rotten Tomatoes, you do get the sense of a critic's consensus that you mm-hmm. just have a number for that. And you also, you also have a number of the, bo- you know, you have a box office number. That's, those are two pretty, pretty sort of fixed numbers. But then the rest of it is so, is so ephemeral, right? Like what are real people, quote unquote, real people. There will be some <laughs> people that have watched this and liked it. That's, uh, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. There will be some people who made the movie that think it's good. Not all of them, but maybe the people at the top. Maybe um, there's got to be a, this weird disconnect. Maybe when when this happens to you, if you're the you know Zachary Levi is the face of the movie, right? Uh, Sandberg, Daryl F. Sam, God, that's him. The director, you know, he's directed the movie, and and I get that. I get that there must be a disconnect. But then me, as someone who saw it and didn't like it, I I don't see what they I don't see what they see. So it's interesting. It probably speaks to. It probably speaks to our like binary culture, right? It's sort of movies are good or bad, right? They, <laughs> sure. flops. There's there's not a lot of room in the middle. Um, but but you know that's true. That's true. But also, I think Levi on his Instagrams are a bit embarrassing, and you know I think that's the end of his movie star career. So I don't know. I don't know. All these things are true at the same time. I do think someone should have possibly taken his phone off him and just said, yes. "Listen, you're not helping anything here." You're not helping yourself. You're not helping the movie. No, no one's going to change their mind based on this. In fact, if anything, you're just drawing attention to what a bomb it was. So, oh yeah. well, oh well. And we'll see. You know, all, and all of this obviously is part is is in the story of, um, of the of the DC EU switchover, right? That well, that's that's what I was going to say. Which is that, in a way, it was sort of a dead film walking anyway. Like. <sighs> No one was clamoring to see 
the next installment of something that has been creatively disavowed. Mm. But do, do you do you buy that that much? Do you buy that? Uh, there's obviously a percentage of the audience that go because of the wider picture. Like that's just that is so clear. That's that that if the MC, it just that feels true. But you know, look at how big of a hit Joker was, or the Batman, or you know, I I just wonder how 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 real how true you know ma- major audiences in the aggregate are really pulled in by that you know is that well really- this is the thing i think um, i don't know i think for something with name recognition it doesn't need the universe but something like shazam which you know let's face it didn't didn't make a big splash with the first movie and isn't a, isn't a batman in popular culture it needs it needs that connection to the others needs that it needs the kind of narrative around the movie to be good whereas even even if this movie had been fine people were basically going like well dc is is over we just have to wait for the the actual stuff to restart you've got james gunn coming out and saying like here here are our plans you know not even mentioning the likes of shazam what i was going to say is i think certainly for the critics they they've already clocked this movie like a people don't remember the first one you know b people don't like what dc are doing so this has bomb written all over it i think my only counter to that is that so james gunn's the new head of dc universe but wait who's the other guy with him what's his name <laughs> Peter Safran, yeah oh well, interesting what's has he got a recent project out <laughs> right he produced shazam fear of the gods and so you know so it's sort of that 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 strikes me then that the new you know leadership of the DCU would feel pretty uh, invested in the success of this, but uh, <laughs> maybe once re- you know regimes change like that, and maybe also Saffron is the he isn't the you know he isn't the creative lead on the direction right that it's he's the kind of he's the, the he's the doer he's the or he's the relationships guy and Gunn is the sort of auteur of the story you know who knows who knows yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I wonder what does James, you know, because obviously that's that's two in a row from DC, from DC, right? Black Adam and Shazam, um, and and then I just think, yeah, the the Flash is this, you know, uh, and we always have to say the Ezra Miller stuff. Not what you always have to say, but what I'm about to say is the Ezra Miller stuff aside. But you know, uh, yeah, you know, the Tom Cruise story on uh, that he's seen the movie and loved it. The fact that it feels like it it is tied into the future of the DC stuff, you know, that it's, it might set, set it up, right. Does that get people, does that get people more interested or does that get people sort of just more interested in what comes after? Will the, will the reviews be able to be good with the Ezra Miller, through the Ezra Miller um, of it all? I, you know, we're going to see, we're not, it's not, it's not, it's not that far away now, a couple of months away. Um, Although I know you won't watch it. We might be a while before we discuss that. I don't know what. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, okay, let's move on to the the other. This this one's sort of, this is a bit of an industry businessy story that, that you know, uh, doesn't feature particular celebrities, but I think it's an interesting story, which is that... Um, Victoria Alonso, who's one of the, who's been one of the Marvel, the MCU EPs for, you know, I'm reading here, in fact, 17 years, which is a long time. Basically, on Friday, the news came out that she had, you know, departed um, Mm -hmm. the MCU. The company, company, not me. And then didn't take, yes, exactly, yeah. And then a couple of days in, I think, maybe yesterday, actually, on Monday, uh, oh, she's suing them for a wrongful dismissal, and actually, it looks like a real, you know, a really messy, a messy story, perhaps. Um, and obviously, in these things, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much, like, I read because I'm a fucking idiot. I read Deadline, I read the variety. <laughs> not like I don't read every page. TMZ. I know. Don't go. Don't go down to see it. Not on page six, my friend. But um, you do like often. What happens is then you that the, a news a news piece like this comes out and then you sort of get oh we behind the scenes you know reporting suggests that and and it's just clearly like her rep has said X yeah. or Y and the rep from the other side of the record here's what here's what we want the story to be. Oh, yeah. source to Victoria Alonso asterisk actually this is just this is her sister or whatever. Yeah. Or her, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then you know st- lots of stuff has come out like she got I, I don't think I'd clock that she got nominated for. Um, a documentary. Oh goodness, I can't remember if it's a feature or it's a short. It's got Argentina in the title. It's not in front of me, in front of me right here. But um, that there was some friction about whether she, well, before that, whether she could speak about her political views, um, like back last year, back maybe when it was, um, um, uh, oh god, the the the, uh, the pre that I go. Oh my god, what's his name? Damn, Bob Bob, Bob Chapik. You know that the, all the Florida bill don't say yes. gay stuff. Yeah. Um, and that she was sort of tried to shut down from making public statements. And then off the back of that, she may or may not have, you know, then sort of had this documentary project, which, you know, it's not about, it's not about Disney, but as a political angle. Um, and then, you know, especially as that got Oscar nomination, she then got more media coverage off of that than, you know, there was all that. And then I also read in the, I think in the same piece that it was perceived by this, this lone wolf source that she, um, <laughs> that she, uh, you know, would spend quite a lot of time um, on her personal projects when at work. And then you have, you know, in all of that, you have the, the you know, because she, I don't, I don't know if it was public that she was the VFX. Um, well, okay, so this is, this is that- what, yeah, this is something that I was going to bring up, which is that she, she was head of VFX, was it? Or like the producer in charge of the VFX? I'm not sure what the exact title was. But when when she was fired, or when she left the company, rather, my friends mm. who work in the VFX industry were very vocal about being glad that she's left. Interesting. Okay, so um, there's, there's your source. There's your Hollywood Reporter source. <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, I don't have any particular specifics, 
but they they were very um yeah not shy in saying she was very bad for the FX people. We're glad she's gone. And there was there was even some talk, wasn't there, about how you know Ant Man Ant Man's FX team were were pulled away from other to work on other projects and then Ant Man mm. came out and was bad. You know, the effects on Modoc especially look horrendous. Um so there's some part of me wonders if they basically went, you know, you're supposed to be in charge of this. This film got hammered. Part of the reason is because it looks shit and you're the one supposed to be making things not look shit. So I guess the, the counter, the, the, the other sort of cynical counter argument would go, you know, you know what was shit on Ant-Man? Uh, the VFX. You know what else was shit on Ant-Man? Everything, Everything else. else. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you don't have to, there are, there have been recent MCU projects where, where the where the VFX have been good and where the movies be bad and you know and it could be that it could be that you know post because weirdly enough I don't know why but she's I feel like on this podcast when I'm listing off other executives in the in the MCU team her her one is always just top of my mind just I don't know from watching those movies twenty times and the credits get burned to your to your head so you know this this there's also could be a sort of a we need someone to we need someone to take the blame for some of this shittiness and to, to, to have the sense of a reset going forward, you know, sort of to the fans as well as to the, you know, stock market. We just need some, we need a fall guy. Right. And, mm-hmm. and here we have a little few bits of evidence and plus the VFX being, you know, genuinely poor in these movies, but we have some other behind the scenes personal stuff that we can, that we can use, you know, and that maybe that's why she's, why she's taking the legal route because she's like fuck you know fuck this i know this i know these last few movies have been shitty but you know this was all of our faults <laughs> yeah quite, you, didn't give me, you didn't give me the script at a, at a at a at a decent moment so i could arrange the vfx you're not giving me enough of a budget to pay for the vfx that you want you know you're you're chopping and changing you're chopping and changing these movies on the fly because um, and, you know, and you're giving me more to do, right? I'll think about all the, you know, all the TV shows that have come out. <laughs> yeah. Is that a story we're doing this week? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no. Oh, is that a story we're doing this week? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I feel like these, the most likely thing that happens here is they just settle out of court and we never hear about any of this stuff again. Absolutely. Uh, Without a question, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> But but it would be fun if they went to trial. <laughs> <laughs> they probably won't. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it'd be interesting if they. I mean, well, no, they they won't. But how much if they use kind of coded language to to in public in the near future, sort of talk about a restart, or, or also you know another whether we see the departures of some other executives, right? Because because I don't know if you saw that, like you know, there's there is a big Disney. Um, corporate restructure happening like this week or phase mm-hmm. one of three you want to work phases you know less less exciting phases than than the <laughs> phase one of three of uh of mass layoffs at disney um <laughs> you know so you you could you know uh, my guess is that they won't they won't touch the the marvel structure because that's you know that has given them so much success and you know probably i guess just gonna let Feige do whatever he wants but until the money stops coming sure yeah 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 and, you know and again you know quantum mania is probably going to be the first MCU. Let me just check. Um, I can get a, a live. Uh, Contamania so far has made yeah four hundred seventy mil. So you know, okay, but it probably it probably crosses five hundred mil. But you know that's that's the first in a while that 
you know that it's definitely on a it's on a very different ramp than than the last than the last sure, yeah, years yeah. movies. You know, I guess Black Widow taken out because that was a sort of pandemic release. But you know, I don't think we've had one that looks like this release since maybe since Ant Man two. <laughs> um, not sure, not sure. I mean, how, how much did Shang Chi make? Uh, I think that did okay. Shang Chi made. To be you know, Shang Chi made four thirty two. Um, okay. so, you know, Ant Man has made a bit more than that. Um, you know, again, a pandemic release, but but you know, it came out. It, you know, it wasn't it didn't go straight to streaming, um, but that was twenty twenty one. So so yeah, this is yeah, this is this is surely not quite done what they thought it was going to do. Uh, anyway, let's let's we've, we've gone fairly long on all that stuff, so maybe we could breeze. <laughs> some of these other bits um so yeah i've got you know again you'll see lots of the same threads here but um this is now going in sort of reverse chronological order so some of this stuff's gonna feel a little older um but the first one is that um james gunn has he's found a director for his uh superman film uh a a guy he knows him quite well his name is james gunn (laughs) (laughs) and he's making uh he's making um the Superman legacy movie. What do you, I mean, we've talked about this film before we talked about the, the chances that he'd write it and the, sorry, that he'd direct it the, given the fact that he's writing it. Um, any further thoughts on, on this? You know, you uh, I guess I'm, I'm in the same place I was, which is that I'm not surprised that he's uh, directing having written it. And I think uh, based on what I know about James Gunn and what I've seen of his work, I think it's probably a good thing. Like, um, it's been a while since Superman's got the kind of attention that I think he should have cinematically. Um, I think Brian Singer clearly wanted to do his own thing. That was a bad idea. Zack Snyder wanted to do his own thing. That was a bad idea. James Gunn seems to me like someone who really understands Superman and has some ideas about, you know, the character's relevance and importance in the modern world. And let's, let's, uh, Let's see some of that, please. It strikes me that I think with you know with this news coalescing into some stuff, it seems clear that this I think probably that this this chapter of, of DC chapter one, if you will, is probably going to be defined by three men, which is Man One, James Gunn, Man Two, Superman, and Man Three, whoever is cast as Superman. You know that those feel like the most important pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's. I just find it. You know, it's just real. It, I said this before. It's a real statement of intent that this is the first film. It's James Gunn's, again, he's the author of this. He's not only written it, he's directing it. Uh, and yeah, just, you know, I think this is going to be, although it's, you know, although it's, you're putting a lot of chips then on, on in this one basket, right? And that, and I'm not even sure, you know, I think you can make the argument that Zack Snyder had fewer chips in his one basket at that moment than James Gunn now does with this. You know, you're just putting a lot of, you know, you're really raising the stakes that not just, it's not just that this movie is, is a slam dunk, you know, cause, cause you know, those things are unpredictable, are unpredictable, but yeah, you're just, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how he's sleeping at night, I guess. At the moment. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Gavascon is my suspicion. <laughs> yes, yes. And also, you know, I've been seeing, you know, especially with, with this, like what, what happens with guardians, you know, um, I would imagine that, they, you know, hell, hell, they might have, they might have already cast Superman, but that, that, but, but they will be holding that news back for post, for post Guardian. So maybe we'll get that in, you know, in June. Um, but, but the Guardians press tour is going to be even more interesting from a James Gunn. Mr. I, think it, I think it depends how well Guardians is doing. 
Well, that, and that's true too, right? What if Guardians, you know, you could definitely, back to the previous conversation, you could definitely see a path where Guardians is badly received, the VFX is shitty, and it makes <laughs> less money than anticipated. And then, yeah, and all of a sudden... Was 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 this guy? Was this guy the right guy? Was this guy and the guy who directed or the guy who produced the previous bomb, Peter Safran? You know, was this the right bet? Um, but hey, you know they they're gonna they're gonna get their shot at least. Um, and this one is sort of this one I've left in for you. Yeah. Uh, this is what I would call a James story, um, which is that uh, uh, this program. I don't know if you're aware of this character's name is Daredevil. He's funny. Mm-hmm. He's blind. He's a um, lawyer. I was going to call him without fear. Right. Yes. That's the man with that. He's the man without fear. Yes. Uh, well, he, one, of his old, one of his old friends is going to be in the TV show with him. Uh, John Bernthal's Punisher. I was surprised by this news. I don't know if you were. <laughs> I think it's fair to say I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I, I sort of assumed they were doing a kind of lighter. Yeah. You know. Not necessarily fully comedic, but a, a more upbeat version of Daredevil. And regardless of what you say about the Punisher, he is not an upbeat guy. No, and he loves guns. That's what he loves guns. Thing. He loves them. And one thing that can be a little bit dicey in uh, in our modern cultural climate is guns and people that love them and love shooting them. Although I say that. Uh, the most recent John Wick movie, and that's a guy that loves guns, made a fuck, an absolute fuck ton of money last weekend. Well, that's um, a conversation America needs to have with itself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you think they're willing to do that and happy to? New. No. On the same weekend that there was a, a mass shooting at a school, right? It was also yeah. the, John Wick makes uh, $75 million. Those things don't seem to connect up. <laughs> um, it's not for uh, us Brits to connect the dots on that one, I think. No, that's fair. Uh, I think my take on this is that if it was, you know, if it was not not any other actor, but John Bernthal just makes sort of makes the return of the character feels undeniable. You know, he's he has he's even gone f- sort of f- f- more from strength to strength since he was in the Daredevil show. Mm. Um, he's just, I think he's fantastic. I love John Bernthal. He has love- he has a proper charisma, doesn't he? And his his yeah. Frank Castle was fantastic. Um, um, I'll be excited to see him back, even if it's just for one episode. Well, and you know, I was gonna, I wanted to bring this in to talk a little bit more about Born Again because because there's been other news out in the last couple of weeks. Like they're, they're I think they're filming. I think they are filming. Um, and there's interesting news. Like I don't know if we already knew this, but Deborah Ann Wool and Eldon Henson are not expected to be back. But it's not clear whether their characters are not going to be back. Um, you know, you've had other people, you know, there's speculation that they're doing the Mayor Fisk story. Um, there's continued speculation about is Electra in this? I feel like other various actresses have been linked, but you know, there's obviously no casting out, and we know, and we did that, we did do that already. We did the Electra thing, yeah, quite. Um, and it's called Born Again, isn't it? but it seemed how do you do how do you do Born Again without Karen Page, right? Sure, sure. And you've done Nuke, right? The show did Nuke. Is this it's a full Nuke? Yep. Is this a is this is this a fourth season of the Netflix show or not? How I, th- can it- I think it's, it's just- a, a soft reboot in that I don't think they're going to recast anyone. I think they'll also do away with the uh, the previous people. Like you know, we'll see Kirsten McDuffie instead of Karen Page, or we'll see Mia, his wife from uh, the Bendis Bendis arc. Yeah, I don't. We'll see characters like that instead. I think 
it's still possible to me that Foggy Nelson comes back for one episode or something. Like, I think if you've got 18 episodes to play with, you don't leave all that stuff on the table. But I can also, I can also see them saying, well, we don't want to just redo what we did before. So let's, let's keep it, um, let's keep it as much its own thing as we can. And there's plenty of lore to, to draw from. I think I've just sort of I've slightly just connected. I mean, I must have seen this before, but the fact that it's the the Netflix show, you know, the next Netflix character and actors kind of renewed, and the show is called Born Again. That's that's a bit dumb, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that is like that is worse than I remember that you know when they called the first Spider-Man movie Homecoming. It was Homecoming, like, oh, yeah. the character's coming home. This is this is worse than that. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's a good comic. It's a good comic. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and as I read say that Mike that um, James Gandolfini's son is going to be in it as well, Michael Gandolfini. Um, anyway, gotta have a mobster. Lot of lot of men. <laughs> There's a lot of men in this. <laughs> sure, um, but hey, you know half the world, so you know can be. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, this is a quick one, really. But, uh, this is not intentional, but you know uh, this was a story about how. Keanu Reeves, um, an interview about Constantine two looking un- looking like less of a sure thing. You know, this was a movie that was announced by ugh, I don't know who it was announced by, but they pre James Gunn they sort of announced it, and it was maybe going to be JJ Abrams. It's going to be doing it, um, and I just think they should make this, <laughs> and because Keanu Reeves, you know, he's he's, he's just having a moment right now, uh, and I. I just think it would be a shame if you know he see, it seems like he wants to make Constantine two, uh, and he might be done with the John Wicks right. This, this I haven't seen it, but the, the fourth one maybe is the end of the main story for that character. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Constantine and uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Keanu Reeves is only Neo from the Matrix. I'm not interested in anything else he's done. Fine, okie dokie. I mean. <laughs> I liked I liked the first Constantine movie. I will lose no sleep if they don't make a second one. Yeah, okay. Um, and this is another sort of... Here's somebody that isn't involved with the new DC era who I wonder I wonder about that. Um, and I didn't think we'd talked about this, but stop me if we have. <laughs> this is... Well, we knew that Mark Guggenheim, who is the kind of Arrowverse guy, mm. you know, guy we knew he wasn't... Or maybe he was attached to Constantine, I can't remember now. But, you know, he was, um, we knew he wasn't really involved in any of the projects that they've announced. But he, so we knew that already. But he, um, he, uh, he put out a post on his, on his own Substack account. So he wasn't even like caught out by, by an interview. I, like, think, I think we did talk about this. Yeah. We did talk about this. Okay. Well, keep going and I'll tell you. Well, yeah, I was going to just give you some, some, uh, some, I'll give you the quote, the quote I'd say. Which is, um, he said, on on not being involved in the on it, on the DCU stuff going forward. Uh, quote: I'm not particularly surprised, but I'll be honest. I would have liked to have gotten at least a meeting, not a job, yeah, mind you, yeah. meeting, a conversation. We've talked about this. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Okay, great. Talk, talk well, about it last month, listeners. Uh, go back and listen to that. It was what a great conversation we had. Uh, <laughs> we, really, we really dug into it. One of the that's just only from March sixth. Anyway, fine. Okay. This is this is what happens when I do a, a, a seven week long dig into news stories. Um, 
Okay, fine. Next up, uh, we have a trailer, which is the, really the, you know, usually there are more trailers that drop in the month-long period, but this was this is the main one um, that's dropped in this period, which is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. Mutant Mayhem trailer. Um, this looks good, doesn't it? It does look good. It does. It, it looks like they brought a bit of that Spider-Verse energy to, really to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I love and I am very pleased to see. And I thought this trailer was everything you want uh, an animated movie to be, which is fun and uh, bold and exciting. Yeah, and also I because th- I'd read all that in like a tweet before I saw the trailer, and so that's the stuff I would ex- that's the stuff I was expecting. Mm-hmm. The stuff I wasn't expect the the stuff I wasn't expecting. Sorry, I'm clicking through the trailer as we as I speak. The stuff I wasn't expecting was the sort of how origin story it looked, and and as I'm watching the trailer, I did think, oh, I don't, I don't actually know that I've that. I don't think we've had this this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story told before. Um, because how many iterations have there been now? Would you is it is it is this the fourth? I mean, there have been a lot. So there were the the original four movies, but before um, that was the cartoon, right? That, did that come before? Uh yes. Okay. Comic cartoon, the four movies couple of reboot cartoons, okay. live action TV show, uh, reboot okay. movies, Michael Bay movies. Jesus, okay. So a lot. <laughs> yeah. And the Bay movies, those were those were live action, but the Turtles were fully CGI, right? Yeah. Yes. I didn't actually watch either of those. Me neither. They, um, looked, they looked upsetting. And what we haven't done, we haven't done this. We haven't sort of done this, which feels like, how has it taken this long? to do just a sort of a good sort of animated family film version of the, of the <laughs> team. It just is odd. Um, but yeah, yeah this trailer um, it looks, it really looks, looks, it looks great. Um, and it just, rem- it also reminds of, I think how, you know, cause movies like this and um, Mitchell's versus the machines and Oh God, that was another recent one. Oh, it, it just, it does feel like Spider-Verse came out in what, 2018? Puss in Boots is um, the other one. To say again, Puss in Boots is the other. Oh my one. god! Of course, of course, of course, Puss in Boots. How that that movie came out, and it just has it might just define the sort of not just the look, but the the the, the tone and yeah, some of the yeah. camera trickery stuff. You know, there's there's all these fun camera things in this tra- in the trailer of TMNT, like there are Mitchell's and the Machines that again they just feel like they are speaking to, and and probably you know it's probably Spider Verse ripped that shit off from. You know, <laughs> Some from some from like animes and YouTube videos, so fine, you know, all things, all art is borrowed. But um, that was, you know, that's an influential movie, and and we've seen how well, like Puss in Boots, you know, a big big hit, uh, and this feels like it. This feels like it could be a big hit too. Um, yeah, I hope so. And, it's it's been a long time since the Turtles had a real pop culture moment, but it's just they they are so. There's just such a they're such a wild. It's such a wild franchise. It like. It's just crazy that it's lasted this long in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I I always get kind of romantic about the turtles as an idea because they're like, you know, you had the the whole Stanley and Jack Kirby thing coming up with superheroes in the sixties and you know redefining pop culture for the next six decades or whatever. But like, turtles were it was just two guys, two guys in a garage. Mm-hmm. And they they came up with this idea, and it just is a juggernaut, and I don't think it's ever going to go away. Mm. Um, 
and it has such quirky and weird origins. It just it's a kind of even though you know the creators don't own it anymore and they've moved on and you know they're not really friends anymore and stuff and there are sad sides to that story. But it's a real you know you you can do it. Someone can do it. So I I enjoy the turtles on that level as well. I just want to say as well, Prince Charles Cinema is screening the original movie. Um, oh, that's cool. In April, and I already have my ticket for that one. That's cool. <laughs> uh, Never seen it at the cinema. I was too young when it came out. Really? Believe it or not. I don't believe it. I need to see it. <laughs> um, okay, I've got three three last news stories for you, quite quick ones. Um, two casting ones and a comics one. Which would you like first? Ooh, casting ones, because that's dull. Okay, fine. MCU or other? Other. Okay. Uh, well, this one's kind of dull. <laughs> or, or this one, I read this and I kind of went, wait, what? Um, so did you know that they're making another Hellboy? What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, really? And, they, and they've cast, so, okay, so it's from a, a major studio called Millennium Media. And uh, listeners, uh, you, you might have te- you might have uh, heard, heard it's a hint of sarcasm there because uh, I don't think Millennium Media is a major studio. I think it's I think it's maybe like <laughs> a DVD like hack hack job that are making a Hellboy movie. I don't is know this, how. Is this going to be a follow up to the previous one or completely new? Like what is going no, on? It's, here? A, it's a reboot. It's a it's got a new Hellboy um, whose name is Jack Casey, who I am not familiar with. Okay. Kind of a big guy. Um, he he was also in he was in Deadpool two as Black Tom Cassidy because of course you recall that Black Tom Cassidy was in Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, and it's, it's, so it's called the it's called the uh, the Crooked Man. I think I'm not even sure it's called. I'm not even sure if it's called Hellboy the Crooked Man. It might just be called the Crooked Man. Um, but this is the this is the logline. Uh, the Crooked Man takes place in the 1950s in rural Appala- Appalachia, where a younger, far less experienced Hellboy gets stranded with a rookie B- BPRD agent. Um, so Mike Minola is co-writing the script, perhaps an original story. Okay. Uh, production will begin in that you know this is so you know you, you'll be wondering how they could afford to shoot here but production will be of course beginning in bulgaria sometime later this year how did they get a budget for that um uh, yeah i don't know what do you th- mike mignola should should he have done this what do we think uh it, or, or i guess the 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 most charitable view is uh, you know, because we also always lament about the there's you know that the, the, there are no sort of mid budget action movies anymore. You know, is this could this could this be the start of a of a whole universe of um you know of Hellboy characters that can be told you know at whatever fifteen million dollars small scale is that is that a good thing? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily likely to buck existing trends and become like a huge breakout surprise hit. I think they're mostly relying on the memory of the Guillermo del Toro movies to make people come out and see it. That said, you know, original story by Mike Brignola. I'm, I'm they, sort of down for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think I even saw there was a recent, this is an older story, but there was a recent story that someone involved, maybe even Mignola saying that it's it, like, this is the, this is going to be a horror film. That's going to be the genre. Okay. Um, so I think you know, I you know, again, if, if when Marvel say, "Oh yeah, this is going to be a horror film," you're like, "Bullshit, it is." It's <laughs> yeah. And come back. Whereas when when a company called Millennium Media making a film in Bulgaria, 
okay. Hellboy that you've never heard of go, yeah, this is going to be a $12 million horror film that, you know, we hope we hope does like purge numbers. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> to Hellboy, Hellboy as a as a horror property kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's, we like that new story. Okay, uh, and then last two stories, do you want the other casting story or do you want the comic story? Uh, let's save comics till last. Okay, so this is, again, this is really is old news at this point. Um, and there's not much to talk about, but uh, Stephen Young has joined the Thunderbolts movie. Has he? Yes, Stephen he has. Young. Stephen oh, Young. Stevie Young. You know who that is, right? No clue. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. He was in um, Minari. He was in uh, Nope. He was in The Walking Dead as Glenn. I mean, you, you know yeah, his Yeah, I've seen some of these things, sure. Okay. Stephen Young. Um, he is an Asian American actor. Uh, he's has joined Thunderbolts in an undisclosed role. So I guess, I guess a question could be: Are there, you know, are there any? Obviously, they could, you know, they could change the casting. But are there any obvious Asian American characters linked to the Thunderbolts that he could be portraying? The one that sprang to mind is Radiation Man. Okay, talk to me about Radiation Man. He is a Chinese national who is extremely radioactive. He might be radioactive man, actually. I, I think. I love that he's extremely radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> well, like he's green and glowing. Okay. He, he was in one iteration of the team, um, and he was very cool in it. Interesting. Um, but also, I think he's possibly not the most nuanced character. You know. Yeah. Well, the, he, so he, that... uh, he is a radioactive Chinese guy who represents the fear of uh, communist nations with nuclear power. So yeah. so off the back of that, so I think it's a, it's a really good shout that he could be playing Radioactive Man. It's a really good idea that I like a lot. What I would say is Deadline, when they reported this, said he would play a significant role in the film and that he, the role could have, he could have a role going forward in future films of the MCU. So does do you think Radioactive Man would fit that uh, description? <laughs> gonna say no i'm I'm trying to think i'm trying to think who else that description could apply to just in terms of of you know characters um well maybe henry gyrick or someone if they if they can do that i was going to ask i mean you know because if you're looking at the cast list of thunderbolts i don't think it's clear who the villain would be you know necessarily they're all the villains well, okay, fine. Who the uh, who the antagonist would be? So, um, <laughs> is there a you know is there a tradition? Is there a classic? Um, well, hey, hey, you know, hey, sorry, I, I stop that thought. New thought. Could he be the the most the the, the originator of the Thunderbolts in the comics? Um, Citizen, what's his name? Citizen V. Citizen V. Well, no, because that's Baron Zemo. So, oh fuck. Okay, shit. No, fine. Yeah. Never mind. Um, could there be a, you know could there, is there an, is there an obvious thunderbolts antagonist that he could be playing in this that you know because he's an antagonist to a villainous team actually is a heroic character uh, is does henry gyrick fit that i mean henry gyrick is like a, a government spook um who in the comics is on the superhuman commission for superhuman affairs and they tend to run the Thunderbolts and, you know, push them around and stuff. So if, if, if that's him, yeah, I can see a role going forward. Probably not the main villain. I don't know. I don't know. 
I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, we'll, we will see. This, this, I'm just looking. You know, this is sort of when you when you were asking earlier about um, what comes first. Uh, so Captain America is next May, and this is next July. So I think you know you'll see lots of castingy stuff and productiony stuff in the next few months um, okay. of films as they as they you know as they start and then finish production over the summer. I guess. Okay, last story. Um, this one, I just. I talk quite a lot on this podcast about how I talked about it earlier on this episode, how, you know, Disney will pull in stuff from the comics uh, in, into their movies. Um, and obviously Disney bought 20th Century Fox, you know, five or five, five ish years ago. And that, <laughs> therefore Disney then absorbed a load of the 20th Century Fox franchises. And it seems like the comics, Marvel comics are, are, are launching a, a sort of 20th century studios comics sub-brand uh, and are going to be publishing stories from um, Planet of the Apes and Alien and Predator. I mean, uh, they're, all, they're already doing that, right? I guess it sounds to me, Ben, that they're already, they're just creating a sort of separate imprint. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so I think, because I think we'd, yeah, we'd, 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 I've talked about the Alien comic before on this on this podcast. Yeah, now. they just had a big, a big sort of cover promo, promotion for Planet of the Apes comics, so yeah. So, so yeah, this will be that comic. Um, yeah, I just think, yeah, I just think, as comics, as me and you particularly are comics fans, uh, it's, it's just always nice to remind listeners that all this shit's from the comics. The comics are good, <laughs> and, and and comic, you know, comic makers and co- and the stories they tell have fed into so much of this stuff that we have enjoyed over the last ten years. And and I just think it's always smart money to be. You know, it's it, comics are cheap. Comics are so cheap to make, and they are visual, and they are, and they are serialized. And what you know, what is the currency of modern action blockbusters than you know the big visuals and serialized storytelling? And that is what comics are. Uh, and so, yeah, and, you know, I know, I know they, they, I know they have already announced a new. There is a new planet, planet of the Apes movie coming, and so I'm sure this this comic isn't isn't attached, you know, isn't linked to the to the new movie, but. Some of these things, you know, some of these things are long term, right? You need to we we reboot these IPs every you know so frequently nowadays that you're going to kind of want to think about what you might want to be rebooting Planet of the Apes to be in ten years now. (laughs) Um, I mean, what? So, what other properties could they be turning into? Um, Buffy. I'm just reading on this this article. So, the Buffy stuff, right? So, Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. All the I guess those are all the Joss Whedon projects. I think those are from mm. I think maybe leave them on the dustbin of history for the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, what else? Uh, this, the Simpsons? I can't, is the Simpsons, Simpsons is the big one that sprang to mind. Like currently, no Simpsons comics being produced, as far as I'm aware. Hmm. They should. They should make one of those. Yeah. Well, Bongo Comics shattered. Maybe well, get, getting on for ten years ago now. I think so. Um, and the rest, you know, and also the, you know, especially the Alien and Predator stuff. There's that's so, that's so, such a rich universe that actually I'd I would I'd like to you know, I'd sort of like to see that stuff turned over. I, mean, I know they've made I've, they've made Alien and Predator comics for since the movies came out, you know, the originals. But um, you know, connected universe of we get a Ripley comic, we could get a new comic, new comic, we get a new comic, awesome. Was it Hicks? You get Hicks and Vasquez comic. It's going to be huge. Vasquez be... Origins. That's what we want to say. Yeah, Vasquez Origins. <laughs> Um, Bishop, good old Bishop. Bishop. Um, they, we can get a, we can get a comic that's just about the you know the the loader that she that she yeah. uses. In, in, 
it's just that in practical use and it's just like a how-to guide of how to use yep. seems seems reasonable to me a good idea uh, <laughs> you hear that sound. um okay that's that's about all i have um in terms of news that was a uh, a good old chunk um so yes the next you'll be hearing from us is probably in about a month for uh what news to come in the next month um unless get- you listen to the patreon to say follow up, follow us on Patreon, subscribe to us on Patreon. You can, as discussed, listen to the previously released um, Quantumania episode, the Shazam, the Shazam episode, which we'll be recording very soon. Um, and Joe's going to be there. Joe, Joe will be here on those. He'll be there, right. Yeah. Um, and that's at patreon.com slash cinematic universe. You can also follow us on Twitter. Joe is at Joe Conningham 14. Although don't follow him. He's not here. He's not fucking in. Don't follow him. Uh, I'm at Reese R-H-Y-S, and James is... At James Hunt, and we have a group account at, at Cine underscore Verse. We do, I always forget the group account. Um, but yeah, until next month, um, thanks James, and bye podcast. <laughs> thanks Reese, and also bye podcast.